0: welcome to the weekly notebook review i am robert mcgrordy this podcast takes on a bit of a different format where we are live each week on twitter spaces i crack open my notebook and review hedgeye research with anyone who wants to learn a better way to invest we feature both hedge power users as well as some special guests that might pop in if you want to learn more about our research visit hedgeye.com if you'd like to participate in the live stream follow me on twitter at hedgeye rjm now let's review the data good evening good evening We'll get started in just a minute i'm trying to navigate downtown boston traffic as i just got off at south station headed home but i was listening to the spaces and no offense to those guys but it wasn't very good well at least not what i consider good so i texted mike t and i said hey bud you think you'd uh share some of your insights with the nation and he was absolutely willing to do so, so we'll wait for him to join, because uh, tonight it's just a little bit of market chatter. Market chatter with Mike T. So we'll see what happens. Jimmy? How you doing, buddy? Oh boy, got a lot of friendly faces out there. Apparently you guys like those e- these evening sessions, uh, which is great. Robert, good afternoon. Hey, hey buddy. Can I, uh, can I ask a favor? Can you help me co-host while I'm driving? Or are you not free?
1: I'm good. I'm just going, doing a little jump rope in my garage. All right, it's not quite pickup time yet, but uh, happy to just help you manage. All right, yeah,
0: yeah, just just as a backup. That'd be awesome, buddy. I appreciate it. Totally. I loved, <laughs> uh, I, loved Chris, I loved Chris Moyer's response to your tweet about where all the bears go. are they still
1: alive (laughs) I think Uh, I capitulated 15 minutes from the top today I started (laughs) clearing my book to ease my brain and then 15 minutes later we couldn't make 4200 Uh, 417 so zero dated zero
0: dte baby they made them print the 417s for Uh, sure Uh, yeah my small caps are coming back to life that's right that's right ooster small caps I know you don't own Carvana, but boy, talk about some uh, uh some deadwood in the water maybe,
1: I don't know. These, these moves to the upside have up been wild. You know, I think hopefully Michael will share some of his thoughts about what's happening on the institutional desk and some of the inner dynamics, but uh you know, it's one thing to look at the daily risk range, but then you look at these different volume nodes, right? That different bears or bulls have been trapped at. And it does seem just from a casual observation that like when they take out one lower high or one higher low, it quickly wants the rubber band to the next level. And frankly, when you have names that are down 70, 80, 90%, right? That 50% retracement <laughs> is vicious. Even something like a, a firm, right? Like the buy now, pay later that in a day, like, like $22, that was an $8 stock. Like a month and a half ago, um, I think the business is still shit, right? there's so many of those names plugged back to eighteen dollars, like so many of these names uh, i'll wait.
0: yeah, I saw a tweet by Scott Berg, who's an absolute legend um i I don 't know if he'll be able to join tonight, but uh, you know hes he was referencing to the fact that the short covering has been very intense and very aggressive and when there's no shorts really left out there, what's that going to do to the market when we actually have tough dynamics and basically sellers come in, right? Seller volume comes in. Uh, all right. So we got Mike T in the house. Uh, thanks, Jimmy. Um, sure. So yeah, so Mike T, welcome, my friend. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good evening. Good night. <laughs> hey, you I, good really,
2: the- I really want to <laughs> wait. Uh, until we have, like, a lot of listeners before I explain to everyone why this is happening. Sure. It took me till Thursday last week to figure it out. And it's actually something I've seen before. Um, but, but it, it predates uh, most people's um, pal birth. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, And and that's that's really it. But this has been uh, we're 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 like we're way in Six Sigma We're we're out there on the uh, curve. Uh, I was on the airplane yesterday getting back from Arizona and this guy's sitting next to me. uh, A real chatty lawyer, you know, smartest guy in the room. He told me so. And uh, and then he said, yeah, I just put 20 percent of my entire portfolio into Upstart. And, uh, you guys, everyone knows that's a, that's a fucking zero. And, uh, and I was, I didn't say a that, word, right? I didn't say a word. And t- today at the open, I bought it and went up, it was up like 25% today. And, and, you know, this is one of the many, 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 many companies that are probably going to go to zero. Like I, I said, on one of my calls, there's more publicly traded companies that are probably going to zero this year than I've ever seen in my life. It is definitely by a mile. And, and it was just uh, pretty stunning that, you know, this guy who's an educated guy is plowing into this crap because he doesn't even know. All he knows is it sounds really crazy and high beta and I can't miss it. And this is this is the money that's plowing in. We have to remember that the profile of the investor in the past three years has changed dramatically. Uh, in the past three years, we've had twenty years worth of retail accounts open up, mostly on Robinhood, but others too. And so we have we have a, an incredible base of mm, let's say lesser experienced individuals who have plowed into um, this plowed into the space and, and and into everything, and they are engaged. So. That's
0: the excitement, guys. <laughs> See, so like just along those lines, right? I mean, because it it, seemed, it appears that there is a pretty serious disconnect between institutions and in retail, really. At the end of the day, right? And whether it be you know short dated options and seeing some of those additional buyers from the institutional standpoint on the board while they're trying to hedge their book or trying to manipulate it, whatever. We don't really necessarily have to get into the nuances there. But then you've got a bunch of retail piling in on those options. And in, in combination of those two factors, the dealers are having to adjust and pivot and, you know, basically force things higher, right? From, a, from the fact that liquidity is, is, is low, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, how are you, what, what am I missing? i not missing, but is is there anything that you might be able to share, right, with our with our listeners here about, how maybe you're handling this current. Well, I do new, normally what scheme, I, right. In terms, does that make sense? Right. Mike? Like how are you handling that inside of your book? Right.
2: Well, this is what I did. Um, and, and I typically do is that when I see this coming and this time I didn't believe it or not, you know, I don't get every trade, right. Uh, I, I did what? not see are this you, coming. Are you, are you
0: sure, Mike? <laughs> no,
2: it, it took me it took me about two weeks to understand what was going on. And, and, uh, and what I do is that I buy calls on my shorts, like 20% out of the money. And usually they're not too cheap or not, not, not too expensive rather. Uh, and, and that's how I frequently will save myself. Um, and, and I started doing that, you know, like, I don't know, probably, probably an Oh nine. So that's usually actually, the I haven't heard
0: I haven't heard I haven't heard that before. I like that. So twenty percent out of the money. Yeah. And you could use it conversely, right? On on puts if any year long, right?
2: No, I usually don't you, do my longs. Okay. Because they're like usually when I have longs, they're high pretty high conviction. Okay. So um so I'll I'll do that. But also like, you know, in more normal times I'll be putting what's called a risk reversal around uh, a short or something like if I think it might be a takeout, and I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll sell a put and buy a call around a short to protect myself. Shorting's the hardest part. This is the hardest. This is where, you know, you can lose 10% of your book in a week or less even given this kind of market. And the only way to, cause you don't have the liquid, especially the big books, they don't have the liquidity to actually move and get out. Uh, and, and what I've learned, like, for instance, like Carvana, Carvana is like almost certainly going to go bankrupt and it's up, oh, I don't know what it's up, like 350% this year. And I went out to short it today because I was like, okay, this is enough. This is too much. I'm, I'm short some, but I was like, I need to put it back on. Cause I, you know, I, I, the, uh, calls and, um, and they had expired Uh, So my short was taken down with the calls that I had. So my net position is like really small. It's only like one and a half percent of my book. And I want to bring it up to three and I couldn't get a borrow in it. The thing was up 20 percent and I couldn't get a borrow after being up 300 percent. And I still couldn't get a borrow. So that's part of what's going on here and why it makes it worse. If you recall how it works in these heavily traded shorts, there's changing hands. And when they change hands, it takes three days to settle. And so what happens is the short availability goes away until it begins to settle. And I mean, I don't mean the stock settling. I mean, three days, 72 hours to settle, meaning the back office trues it up. And now the stocks are in the correct ownership. And they can offer them tomorrow. So a lot of these things that have moved are actually very, very difficult to borrow, even more difficult to borrow because they've traded hands probably four times in the past 36 hours. So it it sort of exacerbates the problem.
0: Yeah, that makes
2: sense. Well, I mean, it does. Unfortunately, you know, it, it, it took me years to figure that out. Like, what the hell? So when I, I see that? this, I realize, like, everyone's in the same camp and you can't, you know, you know, how many how many listeners we have now on this thing?
0: Uh, I don't know. Uh, over have 300. 300, 300 and something. So I think we're oh, probably, geez, good it. Get in. probably good to get into it.
2: I know we didn't we didn't uh, advertise this one that well. Uh, well but, no, uh, I
0: mean, I saw you listening to another space, and I was like, uh, "I think Mike D and I can do a better job." Uh, so,
2: well, uh, I was so listening that, and so they I didn't, didn't understand you. why why this is happening. So,
0: right, so, right,
2: and, the, I, uh, I mean, so it's
0: yeah,
2: so it, it, but there is the positioning was pretty extreme, and part of the reason why I was extreme with the fundamental hedge fund guys is that there's an incredible number of companies that are so screwed, and. Uh you know, to the degree I've never seen, they're like, oh, my goodness, you know, you know, I have to keep these shorts on because I'm going to get I'm going to get paid on them. Um, so so what are you guys thinking? What are you thinking? I mean, this is this is really uh, this is really something. You know, lawyers in, airline, in, in the airline are telling me to buy Upstart, and he doesn't even know what they do.
0: Yeah, Jimmy, can, sorry, man, I'm in like traffic. Can you let that, I don't know, uh, somebody's requested to join. I'm, you can, they can come up, it's not a big deal. Um, Mike T, I mean, the economic data continues to come in as absolutely shit, right? So from a, from a fundamental, or not fundamental, from an economic Global macro standpoint, it continues to the data continues to roll in as quad four data and recession risk rising and recession risk being the most important to risk manage. Uh, so that is that is uh, how I am positioning it. However, you have to you can't ignore the immediate term impacts that are happening from zero DTE and, and other uh, just momentum you know quote, quote unquote momentum or however you want to phrase that but basically you know the the price action on the board right there's there's to your point there's lawyers on planes telling you to go buy bullshit beta and you were in the role as to to quote you my man you know better to make money than to be right
2: yes that's right
0: right so even though the economic data is saying what it is um, you also kind of have to position your portfolio and and make sure those longs are, are, are longer than your shorts right now. Um, uh, Yeah. Or at least, or at least be running 50
2: to 80% longer than your shorts right now. And you might break. Right. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. Like at least be running, you know, net neutral versus like what we've been, what we had been doing all of 2022, which was running primarily net short. Right. And so it's uh you know, the earnings season, it reminds me a, a little bit of June to me, Frank, in, in regards to earnings coming in. It is kind of expectations uh, were kind of muted, or, or you know, had been depressed, and and then the market reaction was sort of more euphoric, uh, or at least they were, you know, they caught a bid, but then reality sunk in, right? And, and to quote Keith, yeah, you, know, you can't you can't avoid gravity, right? You, you, you know. <laughs> so gravity is eventually going to happen on the horizon and i think this is where i've at least this afternoon late afternoon i was layering in a combination of various strikes and various dates in regards to uh put options in particular on the queues but also IWM and have an xok an um but also conversely adding calls to things like gdx and and other components like that where, which we're long, right. which we're down, which we're red right on the day. So that's kind of how I'm yeah. handling it today. But, um, I think it really just depends on your time horizon, my man.
2: Or actually it depends on your, on your liquidity horizon. Called, meaning how, yeah. how long can you stay liquid if you're exactly. going to dick your heels in? And, um, I, I know a number of, a number of my friends, um, in the hedge book that are running neutral books have had, you know, their worst start to the year ever. <laughs> so
0: I can I can only imagine. I can only yeah.
2: imagine. I, I, I actually like I literally can't. I can't imagine if I had a two billion dollar book on trying to do this.
0: I, Luckily, I, we're just running our own stuff, right, Mikey? But, uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, so, I, in, the, in my case, over, it's just, just $1 billion, so it's manageable. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> to heaven forbid, yeah. it was two, you know? Yeah. So, how this is going to play out is that when the debt ceiling gets fixed, which will probably, I don't know, they're saying somewhere between May and August, and honestly, who knows? Um, the longer it goes on the worse of a horrific hangover that we're going to have and i'll explain to you all of your listeners now why this is happening well positioning was one everyone can point to that japan spending 400 billion dollars in printing press money to hold their yield curve was another china's 600 billion dollar stimulus here was another but that wasn't the big one that really sparked it. Uh, the big one that really sparked it was the debt ceiling. So about six eight, or eight weeks ago, it was probably, yeah, about six, seven weeks ago, that's when I felt it, and I didn't understand where it was coming from. It was Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen started raiding the uh, pension funds, the federal pension funds, sticking an IOU in there, and then using the money to pay government uh, activity the federal government this year is going to run around a 1.3 trillion dollar deficit and so that's around 100 110 billion dollars a month that they're spending and in excess of what they're taking in and the treasury has to finance this by issuing treasuries in order to pay for it and she started to Stop issuing treasuries and what she called cashing up. And so, what's happened now, how it acts, the plumbing of it, is that every month we're getting a, the equivalent of about $110 billion of fiscal spend dumped onto the economy with the treasury not issuing any treasuries to offset it. So, it's the equivalent of fiscal stimulus plus quantitative easing and that quantitative easing comes in the the form of that 110 billion dollars which entirely offsets the quantitative tightening the fed is doing so we're net having quantitative easing now plus 110 120 billion dollars of monthly fiscal stimulus And that's why it's acting the way it is. And it's absolutely smothering volatility in bonds, which carried over into equities. Because think about it, you're a pension fund, or you're a 401k, whatever it is, you're an allocator, right? And you know that there's going to be 110 to $120 billion of new treasuries coming to market, meaning new as in more than the 31 trillion that's out there we're going to be adding every month to it. And so they have money coming in. And this is what they're going to buy. But now it's gone. It's not available. You can't buy it. But their money is still coming in. So what do they do? Well, they got to start buying other stuff. And it doesn't matter what that other stuff is, it's going to smash volatility. And this is exactly what we saw. So until this debt ceiling raises, we're going to have the plumbing of fiscal stimulus and quantitative easing.
0: Yeah. I mean, ball suppression has been something that I've been calling out on the weekly review for weeks. Right. And it's, yeah. uh, the move just happened, like on the, in terms of, you know, bond, you know, whatever, traditional bond ball, what have you. But, uh, that's been very interesting because it keeps getting, you know, it, it had been, you know, north of one twelve for quite a while. And then yeah. in the last week, within the last week or so, it's just been absolutely suppressed, along with you know ball across the board, uh, including FX ball, which has a direct correlation to U.S. dollar. Right, the closer we get to you know nine on the ball, typically is when you know the dollar you know weakens even more. Now, I think that uh, I think that kind of moved a little higher today. At the end of the day, but uh, with that dollar up move, but um, in general, it's it's such a good so. So, so just to break that down a little bit further, the additional call it money flow from the treasury is just creating more liquidity in the environment, and therefore, bidding assets.
2: Well, there's no you're missing a hundred ten to a hundred twenty billion dollars of treasuries to buy every month. Right. It's no longer there, but the money's there to buy it, and so they have to do something with the money. And so you just found an incremental buyer to the tune of $120 billion. It's a very large sum, especially given the positioning that we had.
0: Yeah, and the lack of of volume that's
2: been pretty So, I mean, the equivalent that has happened is that the Fed, imagine that the Fed has turned its tail in quantitative tightening, gone to quantitative easing, and Biden initiates a $1.3 trillion fiscal stimulus. That's what just happened. That's what it feels like. And here's when it ends, though, we have a gigantic hangover that you can't imagine where the Fed or the Treasury has to come back to market now with twice the amount of bonds to make up for all the IOUs that she took. From the pension funds, the federal pension. Oh, you know, you know who this is by the way, ringing at my door right now. It's Mike Green.
0: Is it, is it actually?
2: <laughs> well, it probably is. I ordered uh-huh. some steaks you know, my and Mike lot. Green's I, I didn't even get out of my pajamas today. I just want you uh, to know I was working hard,
0: working, grinding, grinding all day long.
2: Um. I'm walking down the stairs. Okay. No worries. So, so that's that's what it's going to feel like. Now, the hangover around mid-year, let's say it's mid-year, we're going to have the uh, kind of like a triple whammy hangover where, uh, is that the food or is that the green? It's the green. All right. Mike Green, we're doing the Twitter spaces. So we got to like, <laughs> someone, a good friend asked me to do this thing and then. And so I just explained to them how the, the yeah. Treasury so is engaged in. Yeah, I didn't get out of my jammies all day. Okay, this is how the real world works at the Starship Taylor. So, okay. So, so the, hangover, this, the, this hangover, the, hangover, the hangover that's going to be a total bed shit. Is uh, she comes back to market with 100 or 260 billion dollars a month of uh, treasuries to sell around mid-year at the same time. At the same time, uh, the, the, in April, uh, the student loan thing is going to get dinged. And so the student loan uh, reprievement is finally going to come off around at the end of June. And that's going to be 40 million Americans paying an additional $300 a month. That's a car payment. So, uh, so we're looking at, I think we're looking at in the back half of the year, like a disaster. Like three alarm total disaster, and I'm just wondering when the market's going to figure it out, um, because it's too far out to buy puts. But so does that does that you guys get it? And yeah. why this it. could just drag on because yeah. it just doesn't stop. It's not about logic; it's about shoveling cash down the throat of the market. And they have no choice. Yeah,
0: I oh, would so. a couple of hands up, so maybe we'll uh, pass it to. The uh, sure. chair, um, if you can. I was wondering.
2: Uh, hi, hi everyone. Uh, I just had a quick question. Like, was this move in the market predictable? Like, or was there like a like in December late or January mid? Was there like a um, signal that came out that said, okay, like this is what the Fed would be doing or Janet Yellen would be doing? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I saw it, but I didn't understand where it was coming from. So, uh, and and it took a while. But what I didn't know is that Janet Yellen would start raiding the uh, pension funds uh, early in order to "quote unquote" cash up, and that's when you saw it start to move. So I'm not so sure it was terribly predictable because we didn't really find out that she was doing this until recently, as in like last week. And we didn't know the degree until like last week.
0: Is there a way to kind of track that? Is that
2: uh, at all? Oh, maybe Mike will tell you. How do we keep track of how many, uh, how much money is getting raided from the federal pension funds by yelling? Oh,
0: God. I actually don't know.
2: Okay, guys, write this down. Mike Green doesn't effing know something. <laughs> what number of Thank you. I, I ask him that, like, what number are you thinking? And, like, why do I even do that? He knows it. He knows it. He knows it. It's six, see? It's six. Right. six.
0: Taylor, it's February, it's February 2nd, uh, it's 2023, and Mike Taylor officially doesn't know something. Uh, that's, that's too funny. Sure, uh, good question, Green man. He doesn't
2: know something. I mean, yeah, I'm
0: sorry, Mike Green, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the, yeah, Mark, your thing. Uh, so it's- uh Ice. Uh, so I, don't, I can't. I'm. I'm sorry, man. I'm just driving, so I'm trying to so ice. Ice something. But yeah, floor yours. Yeah. What's.
3: Uh, it, yeah. It's your boy, Ice Trader here. Uh, Contrarian macro strategist. Um. It's great. It's been a great week. Great few weeks here. Um. I think this is obviously the start of something pretty big here. Um. You know. I think we've seen just a uh, complete bearish sentiment all over this website. Um, on, on unprecedented levels. Um, and it's, it's almost become, you know, nauseating. You know, frankly, these guys come in every single day saying, you know, they're still talking about headlines and the data. But at the end of the day, you have to look at the market structure and positioning. You know, that's how the market is moving here. And uh, you have everyone on one side of the boat here. And, and we're, we're, we're going. This, this has fuel. There will be pullbacks along the way. It's a stair-step process. But we'll be heading to all-time highs here uh, in a couple months, if not by mid-year. Um, and then after that, I still see some, some further upside from there to the S&P potentially going to above 6,000 or so. Um, right, I know can Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. That. Why? Oh, pay. be very simple. It's not about, you know, the valuation or, you know, the forward multiples. You know, everyone loves to throw out there. It's clearly people are learning that now. Um, this is the end of stage of a 40-year secular bull market. It's um, it's the last hurrah. It's a final blow off top. There's a lot of frothiness that's still untapped. There's a lot of sideline cash. This is a secular bull market still, um, and it's going to be irrational. That's the nature of it. Um, it's I don't not
2: even understand <laughs> the words you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm an amateur. <laughs> can you can you talk about like where is uh, now? Are you saying that? <laughs> that well i actually i don't understand what you're saying using big broad words that I'm, I'm sorry i'm gonna have to disagree but really just because of the logic because you could have also said this last year and the year before <laughs>
3: and every year that i've been alive well i'm not you can look at my feed you can look at my twitter feed you know i called the uh the june lows and the october retest. it's all there on the feed um called a lot of the uh, cpi I, figures I, there a, I this mean, conversation all there.
0: but hey ice track whatever the fuck your name is this isn't about like trying to get you more subs and all that kind of shit we're trying to no, have No, I'm not really I'm not i not selling anything. I don't sell anything. Chatter, right? Like so listen, uh, uh, I I pre- so tell us some under- underlying reasons in terms of that it helps you <laughs> and your like process I, to find For instance,
2: like, I can tell to- you why it's I can tell you why this is happening and the di- the plumbing behind it and use numbers behind it. I can also tell you that we're gonna have lower inflation. All the way until about May, and then it's going to stop because the comps get much, much, much harder. So people are also... I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. I
3: said it's a blow-off top. It's a blow-off top.
2: Um, Well, we got a long way to get to a blow-off top. Yeah. And, And all of it has to happen before the debt ceiling comes back because once we get the debt ceiling fixed we're going to have an enormous amount of paper coming to market yeah
3: yeah, i'm and i'm and i'm and i'm projecting uh you know a global bust so the deflationary bust to the likes of which we haven't seen uh, no i know
2: know, but i mean like
3: post world War II era but i'm just saying it's not linear you know there's one last steep up leg to this market i don't even like to talk about that bust a bearish forecast because it's such a consensus on here. And I don't want to give the bears any more hope than, <laughs> than they've been getting already. Well, so I mean, here's to... the
0: thing, but we, we don't do hope, man. We do yeah. Uh, no, like
3: I this. know, but we it's a rhetorical process, what man. I'm we, talking like, like, about. As in these okay, guys, well, I and... think you stumbled on the wrong space because like everything you're talking about, we're not <laughs> like, this is not like, <laughs> it's yeah, this a is bear not,
2: chatter, man. you know, <laughs> we, we usually have like a, a lot of facts and
3: understand. Well, I'm giving facts no no you're, you're, giving you're me telling a single us on... you're giving me you're giving me this like opium <laughs> nonsense you know, but... it's not it's oh. not any opium i'm telling you the facts you can look at um the, you know, the peak i call the peak in the 10 years no, f- year. uh, uh, right, and I'm, we're gonna get I'm to just a just, lot just, lower we're gonna get to 2.5 percent in the 10 year 2.5 percent in the 10 yeah i'm
2: gonna have to ask you to move on to the next speaker and and i really apologize
3: Hey, Mike, we don't normally
0: do that, but like, come absolutely. on, guys. Like, listen, I'm... yeah, absolutely,
4: yeah. Mike. Mike, we love your input on what do you think about the real estate market and do you see um, any potential whammy with with commercial debt per se? So, I'm a controller in a private equity fund, and what I'm seeing now is that you know we're having a ton of properties we're basically defaulting on because. or or handing the keys over to the bank because we can't get uh, we can't get extended on our short-term loans uh would love your your input in in, in that area
2: uh i agree entirely in fact i see this too Um, i'm in process of uh financing 10 units uh 10 properties and they are dying to get the, my business. It's been an absolute ghost town. And the reason why I can do it is because they're all unfinanced entirely. They're all cash. And, and that's why I can get what I'm getting. But they're basically only doing uh, 70% LTV. And I think that the seven and a half, I want to say it's seven and a half percent. And I, I am so reticent to take that offer, even though it's probably the best offer out there. And so I understand people that aren't in a more cash-rich position could be in an incredible trouble. Um, so I, I I understand what you're going through. And I cited last year that we're going to probably have a real commercial property problem this year. Um uh, now, it's going to be juxtaposed to the next four or five months of what feels like an awful lot of stimulus coming in. But it's going to be a big head fake.
4: Oh, absolutely. And I think it's so early on, right? We're just at the beginning of this, right? If, if they hold the interest rates uh, high for a long period of time, oh, this, this is to cannibalize into something big. I mean, especially in the private equity world where, we're you know we're buying assets, distressed assets, and holding them for a period of call it five to seven years. We're we're taking seventy percent on the loan, uh, of the value of the loan, and if the value comes down, these loans are short term in nature, three to four. I would say two to three years. Um, and and if the value comes down, all of a sudden we can't meet a covenant. and yeah. uh, in, in order in order to extend, we would have to put down. A, a down payment a large down payment at that to, to i understand back.
2: exactly what you're saying because so, you, so, so I,
4: basically you know we're in a scenario where the property came down we can't meet the covenants, and all of a sudden we have a decision to make do we throw bad money after good money or do we just let these property go and hand them back to the bank um, so or the
2: other end to is that you
4: to basically um negotiate and extend a loan but you know, we have right now at least three to four office office properties that you know we can't get them leased because in the markets they're at, and also you know the, the workout scenario um, is, is making is making leasing hard. So we're 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 basically we have three to five properties right now that we're going to hand over over to the bank because we don't know what to do and we're not going to throw bad money after that money.
2: But just remember you're not the only one all right oh, and oh, there's a absolutely. bazillion of you and so that means that there's going to be a huge bid ask problem in the very short term as these you know the banks want to get rid of this shit and everyone's going to be there so you can probably you know things get kind of crazy when it gets like this so,
4: absolutely and I'm surprised that I'm seeing the investors kind of liquidating out of the breeds. like I'm not sure if you've seen the 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 news mainly of of, of, of uh, Goldman, um, not Goldman. Um, sorry, Blackstone. All of the redemptions problem they're, they're having, yes. and all of the other reads around as well.
2: I, I cited that coming a year ago, and and I'm I'm sad that it's happening, but I think that it's um, look they sold these people. I mean, if you read the fine print, it was horrible. But it was pitched as a, an investment with a one-year lockup, and after that, you have 100% liquidity. That's exactly how it was pitched to me. But what they didn't tell you is that there's a 3% management fee, and if if you want to get out, if many want to get out, you're never getting out because they they gate it. It depends on the on the product, but it's two to two to four percent or so every quarter, and that's it that can right. get out. So a lot of people are going to get uh, stuck stuck, and start selling other stuff. Uh, yeah, and that's my, what we were seeing, by the way, is the I beginning of selling of other stuff.
0: You were talking about that with me like a year ago.
2: Yeah. No, I talked about it on a number of programs a year yeah. ago. And I yeah. cited exactly this product because I thought it would be one of the first. Because it's jammed to the brim with retail people that don't read the fine print. So... I mean, my, my broker had been pitching me this for years and is is, anyway, and this is why I have a broker because I, (laughs) I want to hear this stuff. I want to hear this stuff so I can understand what's going on in the world, ideally before it happens. So
0: I folks, so I, um, I've got about 20 minutes to the house and I haven't been home since 4am on Tuesday. So uh why don't we leo i see you out there uh and well, i know you just came up so why don't we Why don't we go to leo and then that was a great question so that more questions like that and i won't i don't usually kick people off in speakers but a nice trader dude um you just need to find a different spaces uh, i'm happy to i'm i'm we're, we're happy to talk about uh to politely debate and 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 Review things, right,
3: Mikey T? But well, you gotta have
0: some fucking facts and numbers to back up your to back up your your conviction.
2: That that, that fella that, that just spoke, up. that, that fella that up. just spoke was spectacular. That was yeah. an exact real world instance of what's yeah, exactly. going on.
0: So appreciate it. I don't see your name. I just see a king. I think a king has it. Thank you for that crown, man. Uh, all right, Leo, floor's yours, buddy.
5: Hey, good evening, guys. I had to uh, pour myself a drink after uh, listening to uh, Mike T talk about the bullishness of the market, and then. The uh, other guy that was that was entertaining, at least. Right. We got to we got to go with that.
2: By the way, that guy was like, well, I picked it perfectly and these are the trends and we're going to have a blow off top and blah, blah, blah. And I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Look, I'll be frank with you. I am wearing pajamas, and I'm actually in my wife's basement right now getting some wine. So I, I am. I could be just the same vagrant that's uh, making pictures.
5: I had to. I had pour a bourbon. So i I'm, uh, <laughs> I figured. Uh...
6: I heard a
0: little ice clinking. For I heard a little, little ice clinking and, uh <laughs> and in, in uh, my my greens glass over there so um, gonna, yeah he's up anyway. he's
2: chatting up my wife right now he's yeah, there on yeah, the so couch well. she's not wearing <laughs> yeah. much i'm just, sitting, <laughs> I'm, just sitting, I'm just setting the table for you so so,
5: oh, so how does this oh, not that. bring let's get to your question yeah right yeah. On. so how does this not bring back uh inflation roaring back uh, the next couple months if uh, if we are stimulating the economy um, this month
2: it, it's it's not terribly inflationary <clears throat> um It just drives assets up because it's not new fiscal spending. It's new fiscal spending without or it's being delayed. I mean, think of it like the student loan thing. It's like that where, yeah, you have the debt, but you don't have to pay it back yet or any of it back yet. And that's what we're engaged in. And so this is the reaction. It's not inflationary, uh, but it will inflate assets.
5: And the only thing it's really going to inflate is your assets though. So it's not going to help the economy at all. So when companies come out with their numbers, like uh, like uh, Canadian Goose today, and they were atrocious, that's that's when you get your headline risk. Is that kind of what you're thinking? And then you just kind of trade around that?
2: Um, my view is, is that... We're, the, the discount is lowering. Uh, it's going to accelerate to the downside as everyone gets fooled into um, a lower inflation and that, and that the pet, oh, the federal pivot. But after about May, that'll be it. And then we're kind of stuck. Um, and, and then, right as we get to June, the student loans come back, the debt ceiling gets fixed, and then twice the amount of debt comes to market every month for the remainder of the year. And that, I think, will drill this market into a total world of shit.
5: All right. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah. So there it is. Down. She loves the She's yelling at Mike Green. Get off of me, you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. All right, so we got a couple of hands raised. I don't know, G- or Mikey T. I don't know. Hey, the- yeah, just a, quick questions, question. a couple it. Nice. Uh, yeah, we got we got time for like two, probably three yeah. more questions. So the three that we got uh, hands raised, and we'll go on
6: uh, tonight. Yeah, just, just really quick, what's your view on pharma and managed care? They've been beneficiary of
2: the de- defensive trade, and uh, there's some rotation out of that today with Violent. some fundamental news. Violent um, rotation. Um, yeah. you, you have an enormous yeah. amount of uh, investors that are in um, the space uh, uh, that don't really know what they own or why, and yeah. uh, and so that's a big danger. That's a big danger.
6: So uh, I am
2: I am at the margin bearish on pharma, and uh, and HMOs and med tech are probably going to outperform, you know, certainly over time. So does
6: that help? <laughs> Yeah. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know who that was, but uh, I, I go to KC, KCLF, something.
6: Yep. Um, thanks hey, for man. thanks yeah. for letting me ask the question. Um, appreciate you guys putting the space together. Uh, so my question is: obviously, this isn't the first time that we've approached the debt ceiling or had this kind of KC with us? Yeah, you Hear me? Yes, I can. I can. I'm
2: sorry. My yep, green- we're good. I'm hitting on my wife quite heavily at this point.
6: <laughs> uh, so my question is, obviously, this isn't the first time that we've encountered this, where we're approaching the dead ceiling or hit the dead ceiling. Hit the dead ceiling, yeah. And, and I'm sure we've had to do these extraordinary measures before. Are we able to see the effect on the charts looking back historically, or is was there just too much QE going on in general where it would be kind of like muted? Well,
2: usually it's short. A debt ceiling debacle it's very short and you really don't see the extraordinary measures but this time it's going to be long and so you're really going to see it
6: got it okay i was just wondering if it was like possible to like back test or something but i yeah,
2: appreciate you answering the question
0: okay.
2: i'm sorry <laughs> my phone was ringing uh, do we have uh, one more question? you're good no he was
0: yeah, he was asking about
2: backtesting. Oh, backtesting. Like, be- yeah, I don't think it's very good yeah, because we haven't we haven't had a debt ceiling that lasts for like six to eight months. Yeah,
0: And, and well, remember,
2: we need to be running a gigantic deficit at the time for it to actually to feel it. You need a lot of new debt that would be coming to market that is no longer coming to market. And that way you can feel it.
0: Yeah, we got a really good policy team at just FY that that is very plugged into everything that's going on at the Hill and you know in surrounding the debt ceiling and what's transpiring there on that side as well. So if anybody's interested, reach out to sales at hedgehog.com. Uh, future something or other. Um, sorry, man. I'm just. Like on ninety-five north, going like seventy-five miles an hour. So sorry, guys, for not being uh, being able to call out your names better. But um, floors yours, future.
5: <laughs>
7: awesome, thanks, Robert. Yeah, hey, I'm Mike. Well, nice to talk to you. I had one brief question, just a quick follow-up. So I'll keep it quick. Okay. Um, the first question is: Are there any sectors or mega caps that um, you think could benefit from sort of self-help? And uh, I guess what I mean by that is, you know, if you just remove the macro a little bit. Names like, you know, as recently as yesterday, Meta, maybe Netflix, uh, and others in the recent past have, have sort of benefited from from self help. And just wondering if you see any sectors or particular names in mega cap that that uh, might be good candidates. And just one
2: follow up. Thanks. I don't understand what self help means. I'm sorry, um, but I- but I will say as to the the move that you've seen in the mega cap tech, that's largely positioning where we've been you know, you look at the data, look at the numbers, holy crap, you want to be defensive. But then uh, a buyer that you didn't see coming, namely the lack of selling by the treasury, has forced them to rejigger their book in the most abrupt fashion I think I've ever seen since 2009. Understood.
7: Yeah. And the sell off in commodities was uh, pretty insane today, too. Um, My follow up, question was uh do you use any technicals to sort of complement the macro work that you do you know either i know we're not supposed to talk about moving averages but moving average elliott wave kind of anything else you use to complement your analysis
2: um you know i the the technical analysis has uh doesn't work as well as it used to uh meaning 15 years ago because there's far fewer humans than there were and, you know, these technicals were really... All these technicals were, let's say, founded in emotion. And and that's how all the sort of the history of technicals came about. You could actually plot emotion. And now there's about 44, 43% of the money managed is uh, by humans. And the rest are um, passive or machines. And so it's... Uh, it's not very useful. Uh, I mean, I use it, but in the broadest strokes do I use it. So, and it would be really simple, honestly. Uh, one thing yes, I look I've at. i you
0: share some like Fibonacci stuff, right, Mike?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll do Fibonacci's, especially for the next level when it's going to yeah. move. Uh, that tends to do it. It's either moving averages and Fibonacci's, and they tend to find their way there, and I don't know why. And so I keep using that. Uh, So it must mean that some quants out there are using Fibonacci's too. But I tend to use a lot of like somebody, you know, just asked me where Amazon will go. um, And I was like 126, 126 is the next Fibonacci. That's where it'll go. It would also break out above the 200 DMA because it kissed it today and kind of failed there. But the next move, uh, if it does lift, would be 126. And that's just from memory on the fibonacci someone can correct me if i'm wrong but that was my next fibonacci level Uh, as an example of a company that's reporting tonight
0: yeah future investors just like spinning around is there anything that you um have found helpful in your analysis at all do you use ta much uh yeah i mean i guess just you know
7: high level background i'm you know sort of deeply fundamental Um, And was trained that way. And, you know, I just started to notice over time that like my best trades have have trended. And so when I went back and, you know, I I use backtesting in air quotes, because I'm not a quant. But um, (laughs) when I went back and backtested, like, yeah, I mean, I basically noticed that they'll break out of a significant moving average. um, And then we'll typically surf one of the upsloping moving averages uh, you know, you, you like you got to be over the two hundred, but principally like fifty, twenty, or ten. Um, I know there are some big macro guys that still use them. Like, I went to this uh, uh like a ma- a master class actually with Paul Tudor Jones a, a few months ago. Um, and it sounds like he still uses like the two hundred day and the and the twenty five. Um, mm-hmm. interestingly, Mike he, he actually also recommended that people read uh, the Elliot wave theorist and Elliot wave, you know, relies heavily on Fibonacci's for, uh, for, for price. Oh, very so, good
2: guys. Yeah. I'm getting called away. No, guys, one more question. I'm going to have another child. I left Michael with Jill for too long.
0: No. Hey, Mike. So. Thanks buddy. Thanks for jumping okay off, guys. And we'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. Okay.
2: Down left. Okay. All right. Be good See guys. You. Good luck trading.
7: All right. Cheers. <laughs> um, Oh yeah sorry I didn't mean I didn't mean to hijack the rest of the
6: space but uh yeah no just
7: high level well, uh
6: yeah hey one thing um, on the uh, the Paul Tudor Jones thing hey, have you ever seen the the documentary on him he was a total Elliott wave guy in the in the 80s I
7: have and that's that's why I was so kind of amazing to hear him reference it in modern day like you know it's it's actually interesting he said that so like he was famous for I think that Elliot wave theorists, like the guy who runs it, Bob Prechter t- tends to be, I don't know if he's a perma bear, but he, he tends to lean bearish. And so he had called the 1987 crash based on the end of a wave sequence. And, you know, Paul had, had used that. I think like 87 was his, was his best yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. And so he said after that though, he, um, you know, his words, not mine, but he said after that he started he, he he had to start fading Elliott Wave because like everybody was copying his trades yeah, and everybody was <laughs> using the newsletter so he actually yeah he <laughs> kind of started like counter trading Elliott Wave for a while. There, but, uh, there's
6: a famous story yeah. about the weekend before that that Monday Black Black Monday that uh, I think it was the head of head of Dreyfus Funds talked to Paul Tudor Jones who basically said it's it's all over. And then, St- and he knew he knew Stanley Druckenmiller, and Stanley Druckenmiller was totally long, and basically that that Monday morning he he went in and went totally short, and completely changed his oh, wow. his his thesis. It's like a famous story about what a what a brilliant guy Druck is, but also what a brilliant guy I- Paul Paul <laughs> <Tudor> <laughs> is. Jones. Yeah, yeah.
0: Actually, yeah. I hadn't I heard that story before. Is this wild, wild, uh, wild something? Sorry,
6: is that who was talking? What was the doc? Where was it? Oh, it's I it, can't. it's a famous doc. Uh, if you just Google Paul, Paul Tudor Jones, and it's it's sure. shot right in right in right in 1987, like a month before oh, the, right. the actual crash. Um, but okay. the, the, the thing I was I was going to ask Mike about was. Um, well, the the one thing that happened with b Bree is that I, I don't know if you guys saw, but right when the the you know what was going to hit the the fan, uh, University of California came in with a four billion dollar investment, which yeah, kind of shored was, things up a bit. Which is cool. About two weeks ago, yeah, right? yeah. But yeah. I just wanted to see did did he say anything about any contagion with this uh, Adani fallout? Because I saw like a, Apollo went in and they had a huge investment very very recently and i'm just wondering if if anyone ha- has any thoughts on that
0: he did not speak about Adani, and i i don't know enough about Adani to comment so if anybody we can crowd sources about boy which is the beauty of spaces yeah uh, but so if anybody's got any commentary on that by all means you
6: know you can jump up or whatever uh um, i do michael taylor's tweet on it cool I of mean, course. we clearly like know there's a thing. blow-off top coming around six thousand soon.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Blow-off but... <Yeah. laughs> top for the ages. For the yeah,
6: ages. I'm a big uh, fan man, of uh, of of the of the hedge eye world, and um, you know, Mike had an awesome oh, I- interview with uh, with Keith. I think or, or, earlier this year, or late late yeah. last year, it was great. Yes. Really loved it.
0: Beginning of June. Awesome, man. No, appreciate that. That's great to hear. Um, we got another question. Two questions. We can probably take both of them. Um, uh, sorry, is it uh, Muhammad Bande?
8: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah, the man, opportunity to ask too. a question. Um, so yeah, um, I don't. I kind of uh, arrived a little bit late, so he might have already talked about it. But I was just um questioning the f- uh the following RRP, um, uh, because I feel like the same situation has been in place where the Fed is offering overnight rates that are higher than maybe, I don't know, maybe a three bill, three month bill. Um, and so this liquidity, obviously treasury generated liquidity injection, the extent of it, extent of which I guess I don't, that's the other question I had is how much uh, force he thought uh, that, that played because the, some of the other things that I'm seeing in the black background that have been talked about, like n 2 falling below zero, falling commercial loans. So, a lot of money cash in the, the falling savings rate. So a lot of cash isn't with retail. So are, how much of this, um, are these commercial institutions um, doing, uh, doing the buying right now? And, and what the extent of that is in the backdrop of, you know, uh, the money market funds still offering, you know, or Fed overnight facilities still offering funds, maybe, uh, or excuse me, returns higher than uh, MMFs possibly. And so, so that was one of my questions, and and the second one was uh, just, I mean, uh, there was a recent FT article I read, like that said, like twenty five percent of these uh, loans that are coming up to maturity are healthcare related, and um, the industry is, is is facing significant amount of down downgrades, um, and so, it, it is this kind of this buying is this more kind of indiscriminate, or are we going to see certain, uh, you know. Uh, Parts of the uh, fixed income market be kind of their credit spreads uh, kind of widened more than others, or is this is this kind of pretty much indiscriminate until, like he said, kind of the debt ceiling and some of these other things happen over the summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to speak for Michael, but um, you know exactly. some of this. Tra- some of this treasury stuff, um, you know, we, we love talking about similar sets. So I think it's been a few weeks now we've talked on Hedgeye. Just first, since October, you just had the dollar with the off megatop. You know, it's fallen. And the fact that it hasn't even gotten close to the middle of the range, it just kept on going down. That was one thing. You saw Bitcoin fool around as early as four to six weeks ago. And there was a bullish divergence there, and you know I was discounting it, I was short it, um, but there were signs, and then we saw China turn bullish and, and hold bullish um, into the new year. So um, I'm not sure where this risk-on flavor is coming from. You know, it's a little bit of everything, I suppose. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm still inclined to believe that it's a, it's a vicious bear market rally.
0: Yeah, Mohammed. You know, M two money supply. You can't ignore it, right? So whether it's coming, uh, just you know, whether it's M two or to piggyback off of Mike Taylor's commentary, which again, you know, that that's uh, something that he's he's seeing. I, I haven't done the due diligence yet to to review that. So I'm, I, again, I'm not going to speak to that component of um, the liquidity or the, the basic liquidity. That's kind of in the market right now. Um, I think it's, it makes a ton of sense from a theoretical standpoint, but I, 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 I need to go do more due diligence on that aspect. Right. But, um, but in terms of what you should be tracking kind of regularly, the M two is obviously key and, and that and the money supply and then the volume and the liquidity inside of the market. And I think those are uh, really big components that are impacting what's transpiring um, out
8: there right now. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. It was interesting yeah. because Jay Powell, um, his he was mentioning that liquidity is uh significantly- c- c- uh, restricted over over the last year and then i know a l- lot of people were sharing the i think it was JP Morgan's um chart where uh, liquidity was or at least over the past month or so was kind of uh declining so it was interesting that you know definitions were kind of uh they were a contradiction but but like you said i mean price is uh, truth so
0: yeah, exactly thank you sir uh, sorry, I'm just going up the guest tank. Um, I've right, got time for one more question. I think uh, was it hard, hard? Well yes, sir. Th- thank Lord you. Sh- yes, sir. Rory? Thank you so much for taking my question. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, that's a great name, Lord. Sh- oh Rory. yes, like thank that. you so
6: much. My name is Alan. I just wanted to be professional. Um,
0: <laughs> hey, out. thank
6: you for taking my question. Hey, real briefly, um, could you guys touch on Silvergate? Um, I understand that there. I don't know what exactly happened. I've been kind of pruning and planning on 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 this stock and obviously
0: this is from Cajotes and stuff like that but from your knowledge could you briefly just touch on it thank you uh hey Hamanov, you are you in SI at all
5: I can help if you need to oh
0: let's go Leo yeah yeah (laughs) I just know I just know it's a fraud
5: I don't know (laughs) yeah no it's a it's a zero right but uh it's a zero uh, it's, it's squeezed higher today basically on news that uh Uh, It's in the ETFs of uh, what BlackRock and I'm sure it'll be. um, So that's what squeezed it higher today. But then the news came out um, today that they're being investigated by the SEC uh, for wrongdoings. So that put a obviously a pretty nasty sell into it this evening, hopefully, uh, because I am short of it. It uh, uh so so no no buys there <laughs> right exactly <laughs> uh, I, you know at the close it was uh, it was ugly enough where I almost thought about adding again because it just kind of felt a little bit eerie but I I didn't even know if I could get a borrow at that point um, but uh, <clears throat> um, yeah I, I didn't uh, so yeah it, it it looks like it's down pretty good uh, after hours but uh, um, it, it's very interesting just like when you read like people's quotes of why they're borrowing it you know the to moon it or this or that and all i'm looking at is what their past price was right and if i can get it for 15 bucks instead of 250 it's you know what a deal right if i can get carvana for six instead of 350 who cares if it goes to zero next week like it's just i got a chance to moon it right so that's that i think that's the driver behind all these shit Because i don't have to tell you guys that i'm sorry but uh um it's uh it's pretty amusing stuff
6: Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody for what you guys do for the
0: community. Um, I was in Miami and just I, I highly appreciate. It. I got a lot, a lot, of knowledge for it as a young
8: man. So thank you so much.
0: Awesome, Alan. Yeah. So what I'd say there too, Alan, just from like from a risk management standpoint, is SI and Carvan. I mean, they're all they're crowded shorts, right? So you got to look at that sh- short interest and high short interest works well as a factor exposure, typically in quad fours, but when it starts to move and that momentum, basically, you know, we, we, there's a, there's a slot in our deck every week on the macro, sorry, every day in the macro show, it's the factor exposure. And you can track this on your own, but it's the high short interest, right? So when, when stuff with high short interest starts to pick up momentum, it forces some short covering. Um, and you just have to be conscientious as to like what you're shorting and who you're kind of getting into bed with. Right. So like a crowded short, you're going to need to be more active in regards to risk managing that position. Um, if that's not part of how you invest or trade, then you need to kind of, you know, I would recommend that you um, kind of pivot a little bit in terms of where you're putting on your shorts. Right. And, and, and sort of the the exposure or the inventory that you're using to express that short in Bitcoin. Um, so I, I, that would be kind of like my you know, two cents here in regards to Silvergate. Uh, because it's really, you know, it's really important to kind of risk manage the positions, especially with volatility here, as as Mike and I were talking about earlier, that's being suppressed, right? So lower volatility, um, you know, that we call that the chop bucket. And and when you're in the chop, it can really chop you up. And so you got to be a bit more active, especially in your, your short book and your short positions. And so being more active and, and being conscientious as to, you know, where your position sizing is and, and just and just managing that position, risk managing it and, and feeling comfortable, you know, going down to zero in terms of like the position size and just being like, cool, that was an awesome 5% trade or 2% trade down or 20%, you know, like gain. Or maybe it, it's a, te- you know, it's an 8% loss and you're like, fuck, I, you know, I missed, the, I fucked up my timing, um, but here's my stop loss. I'm out and I'm just going to reassess. There's a lot of inventory out there. Um, so I would just kind of say that, you know, SI is obviously a very popular one and everybody, every time I put in SI for silver, everyone's like, that's Silvergate. I get it. I get it. But like SI is also the commodity, <laughs> you know, the, the futures commodity for silver and I don't trade Silvergate, uh, but I do trade silver. Uh, so yeah, so that, that, hopefully that, that helps. And, and again, I'm not trying to be preacher or anything. I'm just, you know, the risk management is a really big piece of the game and, and helps to, you know, be able to play tomorrow. Thank you so much. Awesome. You got it, man. And thanks for were you at the reason? Yes, sir, I no, was. Um no, I I definitely oh, awesome. like to say I was easily the youngest man there. Um <laughs> easily. All right, that's awesome. That's awesome, buddy. Well, well well done. Thank you for joining us. And that that's that's amazing. So keep it up and uh reach out anytime. We we appreciate your support and, and all that kind of stuff. So with that, listen guys, I just pulled into the my driveway and excited to go see my wife for the first time in a few days. And uh, but I'll see catch everybody tomorrow. we got a beginner's guide at eleven thirty uh and for those that you know might not be familiar with uh with our our thing here at Hedgeeye, we do a weekly notebook review tour spaces every Wednesday afternoon at four thirty post market close. hopefully uh we can see you all then but with that i uh I hope everyone has a great night. And thanks, thanks for hope. thanks for hosting, Jimmy. That was really helpful.
1: Yeah, no problem, Robert. We'll see you tomorrow. And uh, seventy-five on the ninety-five. Those are rookie numbers. So you got to step up.
0: <laughs> huh? <are> Alright, <laughs> you calling me out? I, mean, I was trying to be more other. beta. Yeah, you know, risk tolerance, right? Risk tolerance when you're you know, on your phone trying to handle the spaces. Anyway, awesome guys. Have a good night, everyone.
9: This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by Hedgeye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Hedgeye is now responsible for errors inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended to solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the content. All investments entail a certain degree of risk and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the terms of service at hedgeye.com terms of service. Don't forget to check out hedgeye.com to get more actionable investing insights from our team of more than 40 research analysts. And check us out on Twitter at our handle, at Hedgeye.